I'm Pastor Ashley. If you're new here, I am um, one of the lead pastors here. I just want to welcome those who are new. We love you. Um, we hope that you find uh, that you are greeted and welcomed warmly. Um, I just wanted to kind of, well, that song uh, was speaking to me so much this week, and I also wanted to play it for you guys, so it was a little, you know, plug for the Spark Conference. <laughs> and so um, with that being said, we... Uh, we were, Crystal and I've been talking, and so we really felt like from the Lord, he wanted to give everyone here, I'm announcing it now, so that next week, um, we are going to give every person here one free ticket to the Spark Conference, okay? So, but we are asking that you give it to somebody. So someone that you feel like uh, maybe would not come to something like that because it's, it's a paid thing. We were, so next week, we're going to have um, everything printed out on the outside info table where you can take like a, a, it's like a number or whatever that you can bring and give to someone to come to the SPAR conference. So how does that sound? Does that sound great? <laughs> so we're everyone, so come next week and um, come visit the table and we will give you a piece of paper and we're giving one ticket away. We're asking that you bless someone to come. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So, um. Where's my piano player? Dang, where are you going? <laughs> um, so uh, if you've been with us for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about first things first. And um, my husband's been trying to preach, but lately he's been not able to because of the Lord, <laughs> presence of the Lord. So I'm going to try to come in and kind of fill in um, what we have been trying to communicate up here. I hope it's been communicated in some form um, what we feel like the, the, the direction and the things that we are going towards um, this coming year. You know, um, so one of the things that I just, even as I be began the word, the Lord just began to resonate in me that there's a new way and there's a new flow. And so um, with that, we're gonna step into that flow, amen? There's a divine flow that comes from his throne. And we never want to get too comfortable where we are. We always want to shift into where he is. Because where he is, there's breakthrough. Where he is, there's life. Where he is, we, have, we find our breath. We find uh, the way that how to breathe, how to inhale is in him. Amen? And so if we, we begin to move outside of anything but that, there, I'm telling you, that's when you step into religion. Do you realize that? Do you realize that? Do you realize that people who are in religion is because they were in the last move of God? It's not, it's not because they don't love Jesus. It's not that they don't have a heart for God, but they're stuck in what he did three, four months ago or three years ago, and they haven't stepped into the new. They haven't stepped into what he's doing right now. And so we don't ever want to get complacent. We don't ever want to come to a place where we are stuck where we were before and we don't see where he's going and we don't long for where he is and we don't continue to press forward out of our comfort zone, out of who we are and into him. Unfortunately, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> very uncomfortable. But I wanted to communicate to us that first, that first things first is that we want to communicate that we are a presence-driven body, okay? What does that mean? When we keep, where you're going to get here, say it until you're repeating after me. We are a presence-centered presence body. 
what does that mean? That means <laughs> that we are coming into his presence. We, he is not coming into ours. Does that make sense? We are coming into his presence. He is not coming into ours. So that means that we have to adjust to come into his. He doesn't adjust to come into us. We adjust to come to him. So we, we fashion who we are. We fashion our services that we make a place and a room for him. And so I just, I really, I just really wanted to, if you could capture, you know, a lot of things in the presence of the Lord are taught. If you're looking to understand the Lord by your thinking and by your ability to cognitively reason who he is and how he is and the way that he is, you have come to the wrong place. Do you understand that God is not something that you can put in a box that you can say, oh, I got the one, two, three step and I get it. It doesn't work like that. A lot of times it's caught. A lot of times you come into his presence and you're like, oh my God, what is it? What is it? What, how can I, how can I adjust myself so that I can have more? And when you come into something like that, you understand it is beyond your ability to think or understand. When you come into that place, it is not something that you come to Jesus with this. You come to Jesus with this. There's nothing, there's nothing that you have that will, that, that will even remotely, even remotely, listen, the Bible says his ways, he is not a man like us. He is not anything like us, that he, even the way that he thinks, that we can even fathom him. Does that make sense? Does he want us to understand him? Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Does he want us to understand him? Absolutely. He wants us to know him. He wants us to experience him. But I, I guarantee you more things are caught than taught. So if you will go with me to Exodus 33. So Malik started to go there last week. And this is the story where... Uh, Moses is with the people of Israel. And let me just give you some back story. He brings them out of Egypt. He comes and he says, hey, bring them up to me so they can worship me. But the problem was with Israel is that Moses goes up for 40 days to get the law, the Ten Commandments, and then uh, all of a sudden they get scared. And then they think, oh, my gosh, Moses left us. Oh, my gosh, let us bring all of our things and let's create an idol. So now that we can worship a, 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 a thing that's created, that's Jesus or, or the father had delivered them from now they're going to go back to it okay so now they come and so Moses comes down and Moses is pissed off right he's like what the heck I've been up here for 40 days don't you realize that that was the very thing that had you in bondage and now you're going to bring it here to the place where we're coming to bring you freedom and now you're going to create something that you created and you're going to worship it can't talk it can't do nothing but you're going to worship it right so they so he's they bring it up so now Moses is angry God is angry God was like I'm done with these people I'm ready to I agree with Jesus. I agree. Knock them out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm done with them. Don't they realize? Don't they see what I did for them? So then Moses intercedes for them. He steps in and he's like, hey, Lord, these are your people, you know? And, 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 and then, it, oh, my God, the interesting thing about Exodus 33 is that this, it says, hey, um, they, cause, because they were dressing in their finest clothes. They were dressing in their shoes and their, their gold and all this other stuff. God says, I don't want any of that. 
put it all away. He says, because if I stay with them, I will, I will obliterate them because of the sin. They can't be in my presence. So Moses, so 33, so what, what started to happen is that Moses would go into the tent, and when he would go into a tent, the cloud would, would resonate, would, would rest on the tent. And he would, he would, Moses begin to speak to God face to face. And at the time, you know who was outside of the tent? Who was, who was begging, just, I just want to be close to it, was Joshua. Joshua was outside the tent because he just wanted a little bit. He just wanted something. If I can't be in the tent, I want to be as close to the tent as possible, right? So, so Joshua's outside the tent, but the people are just waiting for the Lord because they knew at this point they did something wrong. They knew that uh, we did something wrong. Lord, don't forsake us. Don't get rid of us, please. And so now they're coming around the tent because they see the cloud, the present cloud of, of his presence in the tent, right? So then it goes on to say this, and then it says this. I'm trying to paraphrase because it's like 19 verses here. Go back and read it yourself. Um, so then after that, after that, after after all of that, God is like, hey, listen, I I have, listen, you go into Canaan, you it's yours. I have given it unto you, right? I will send my angel to go before you, and I will clear out all the ites, the Jebusites, Pezzarites, all the ites, Hittites, whatever, all the ites out. I will, I will remove them, but I will not go with you. So do you know it's possible that you can still eat from the goodness of God and him still not be with you? Do you know that you can still experience his attributes and still not have him? Do you know that he can provide for you and you still not have him? Because you look in the store, he says, hey, I will go before you. I will send my angel before you, and I will clear the way for you. But I'm not going. He said, because if I stay with you, I will annihilate all of you. That's what he says. He says, I will, I will, I'm done. Like, but then Moses still intercedes, and he says, hey, Lord, please come with us. How can, how can we, 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 how, how can we go without you? I don't want to go without you. I need you. If, 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 the, if the people of the world don't see that you're with us, what does it matter? What does it matter that you go and make a way for us if you're not with us? And so you see Moses here interceding for, for Israel and saying, hey, listen, now that's why God had to continue to cause them to go around this circle 40 times because he had to get Egypt out of them. Because that's the only way he could stay with them to go into the, the, to the promised land is that he had to get Egypt out of them. And you'll see he is, there's many moments God is like, oh, a whole thousands of you is being dropped into a, <laughs> if you read the story. <laughs> Because of because the wickedness of their heart. And so I realized, I realized, listen, you're going to find people in this life, in, in, in Christianity as a whole, that people are gifted. They are gifted. They can prophesy. They can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. But not all of them has his presence. Do you understand that? It's, it's more than just, hey, man, I see good works. Good works is okay, but what is it without him? It doesn't make sense if it's out without him. You 
you're going to find that, hey, when you do good things, you get good fruit. When you do, when you do, when you're kind, when you're good to this person, God will give you what's owed to you because he's a just God. But that doesn't mean his presence is on you. Does that make sense? That there's a resting of him and who he is that's on you and in you and through you. And so I just, as a, as a body, I, I want to protect that. Do you understand? So this is how we're going to do it. And, and you're going to hear Malik say this over and over again. You cannot separate his presence from his voice. And so you're saying, oh, well, it's not just about his presence. It's about his word. It's about both. It's about both because his word is in his presence. His presence is in his word. And if you have the word and you have the law without him, what does it do? You become a religious person. You become someone who, who, who just reads the law and does what it does, but it, there's no power. And so if, if that, that's the problem with the Pharisees. The Pharisees had the word of God, but they did not have the spirit of the word. And there is a difference with having the word and having the spirit that goes along with it. Because it's, that's how David could go into the temple, break the, eat what he's not supposed to eat, and still be okay with God. Because it was about the heart. It was about something else inside of him that was worshiping, that knew his place before God. And that's what God is looking at. He's not looking for your precepts. He's not looking for your order. He's looking for his order and what he has to say. And so you can't separate both. You cannot have the presence of God and not have his voice, not have his character, not have his way, not have his nature. There's no way. No way. So if you go with me, it's a little bit. Y'all, I love y'all. Um. If you go with me to uh, 2 Timothy 3. One. So uh, Paul's talking to Timothy and he's talking about the dangers of the last days. And um, there's a few things. It's, a, it's a very much a very strong word, but there's a few things I want to pull out of it. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. Can we just say millennial on there? No, I'm like, <laughs> just saying. I'm one, so y'all just laugh. I'm one, okay? <laughs> they will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving and they will slander others. And have no self-control and they will be cruel and hate what is good. And they will betray their friends and be reckless. Be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. And they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They are kind. Um, I'm not going to go any further. I'm going to stay right there. So the, the, what I wanted to pull out is that they will... They will consider nothing sacred. Let's, let's just kind of hang around there for a minute. They will consider nothing sacred. How many, how many times, how many times have, I mean, even myself before God have not considered him sacred? How, what, what, what things are sacred to you? You know, and, and being a millennial, you know, you have a kind of a, 
you kind of want to bucket everything, you know what I mean? Because of things and hurt and things like that from previous generations, but you don't have a sense of what is sacred. It's, it's, it's not, it, it wasn't even, it's not even taught in the home. If it's taught in the home, praise the Lord. But I know for me, I, I just felt like I did not have a sense of sacredness, especially if you're raised in a home and there's no God and, you know, you are God, you know, man's God, right? So, so when you're, when you're raised in, a, in a, an environment like that, you don't have what is sacred. And I realized, I realized this, that when you value something, you protect it. Um, you know, when you have like a, like a box of jewelry or something like that, you know, you put it in a case, you put a lock in it, you put it in a safe, you put it away. Because why? It's sacred. It's, it's valuable. So I have to create infrastructure. I've got to create walls. I've got to create boundaries to protect the very thing that I have because it has value. Do you value the presence of the Lord? Because when you value the presence of the Lord, you will create a place for it. You will create a boundary for it. You will create room for it. So when you, when, you, when, you, when you hold God sacred, there are boundaries. And when there's no boundaries, there's a problem. Because you can't keep what's good in and you can't keep what's bad out. So when you create walls and when you create boundaries and you create, I will not go this far. What you're saying is, this is more precious than what's out there. And I'm going to keep what's in here sacred. I'm going to keep what's in here right. I'm going to keep what's in here good. I'm going to keep what's in here in the right environment, the right temperature, the right, the, the right thing that it won't spoil, that it won't get a bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got people who got guitars and they got like humidifiers they got you know they got like all this because it's also the temperature of the air that can destroy it so when you have when you understand that you carry the presence of the lord and not that you just carry his him but you he wants to abide on you he wants to rest on you you understand that i've got to create infrastructure for this in my life that i can carry his presence and so you begin to value, you begin to create, you begin to move and shift things so that he can have a place with you. So I just, I, you want, you want to create infrastructure for the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you got to go, but he begins to show you. He begins to do this, do that, do this, get rid of that, clean this out so I can rest with you. Do shift this so I can, I can make room. You're making room for me because when I come, I overtake. When I come, I consume. And if there's anything else that's not like me, I can't be there. So what I, all, of, all of this to say as relentless, that's the direction we're going. We're creating infrastructure, creating a place for God to rest. Do you understand that? And so there's no room for your uh, offense. So I, I, so I, wanted, I want to talk about a few things. And I know, but you know what, y'all, let me just say this. I actually like correction. Who here likes correction? I actually really like it. <laughs> Tell me about me, please. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I give you that place in my life, I receive it very well. I, I really look for it because I understand it's, a act, it's something that God has required of me to be teachable. He has required of me to think like him. And if I, that means that I can't think like me. 
And so if I can't think like me, then I got to shift something. And that he has already provided his mind for me. He says, I've given you the mind of Christ. Well, if that's the case, then something's got to bow. Something's got to come under, right? So that his mind can be on my mind. And so I, I actually look for it. I like it. So I'm sorry that that's, I'm coming in to cut, take out, put in, uproot. <laughs> so I, even while he's playing the song, that's why I love the song. Like, I can't stay here. I can't stay here. I can't stay where I'm at. I've got to go where you are. I've got to go where the glory is. I've got to go where your river is. I need to jump in. I need to get rid of me. I need to be where you are because I know I can't get there myself. And I know that I need it because it's life. And so that song was just resonating in me. And I'm so excited the minions are coming because they carry it. They carry his presence. They carry a resting. They carry abiding. They carry a yielding unto the Lord. And if anyway, if you don't know how to do it, you get next to somebody who does you come you find yourself with a group of people that know how to yield that know how to give it all that know if you don't know how to do it you find someone that does so I want to go over two areas that'll keep you from creating a place for the Lord in your life and (laughs) um, it's not an easy thing these are only two there are multiple things but I'm just gonna go for two today okay So one of the things that I'm not going to tolerate at all, and I know because God doesn't tolerate it. If God don't tolerate it, I don't tolerate it, right? So um, in yourself. Now, first, we want to talk. You start thinking about, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. you need to listen to Pastor Ashley right now. Are you listening? You look into your hubby like, hmm, you hear that? (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) Look at yourself first. (laughs) Look at yourself first. I want to talk about pride. Pride, oh my gosh. If there's any pride, if you're, if you're any discerner of atmospheres or discerning of the presence of the Lord, where pride is there, it'll lift. The presence of the Lord will lift just like that. Because he will not abide with pride. He won't. He won't. So if you want that presence, that shakanah, that glory, that anointing to rest with you, the first thing, one of the first things you need to deal with is pride. And it's an ongoing thing. You think you deal with it in one season that comes around and rears his head in another. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you think you think you got it. Well, I dealt with pride last year. Okay, we'll see. We'll see because it will again in a way a different form in a different area of your life. And so you always want to be aware, creating. So why I'm saying this because you want to create boundaries around. What, you're, what you want to protect, which is God, his presence. And so if you know pride is one thing that attacks it, that removes it, you want to be aware of it. Amen? And so um, there is this, uh, his name is, I'm reading a um, commentary on pride that I was reading, and I thought, man, these words, I could not, I could not say it any better than this. So I kind of want to... Um, read it to you. And it talks about pride. It says, um, pride is undue confidence in, in and attention to one's own skill. Accomplishment, states, possessions, and position. Pride is easier to recognize than it is to define. Can you all, like, it's easier to recognize. You know, you can, oh, like, he's prideful. 
Well, how? I don't know. He just is. You know, he just, he did this. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, you can recognize, like, ooh, the way they walk, it just looks prideful, you know? <laughs> you can't really get worse to be like, uh-uh, something ain't right. He's walking too much. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You're like, uh-uh, no, no, no. Something ain't right. Repent, you know, whatever. <laughs> so sometimes pride is easier to recognize than it is to define, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and also it's easier to recognize in others. Um, it's easier to see in another person before you see it in yourself, right? Many biblical words describe this concept, each with its own emphasis. Some, um, some of the synonyms for pride includes arrogance, presumption, conceit, self-satisfaction, boasting, and high mind, high-mindedness. So let me just say that it comes in arrogance, presumption, conceit, self-satisfaction, boasting, and high-mindedness. It is, it is the opposite of humility. The proper attitude one should have in relation to God. Um, pride is rebellion against God because it attributes oneself the honor and glory due to God alone. um, Proud persons do not think it necessary to ask for forgiveness because they do not admit their sinful condition. This attitude towards God finds an expression in one's attitude towards others, often causing people to have a low esteem of the ability and worth of others, therefore to treat them with either contempt or cruelty. Some have considered pride to be the root and the essence of sin. Others consider it to be sin in its final form. In either case, it is a grievous sin. Boasting can be, can be committed only in the presence of others. So you have pride of, like, of that, but you know when someone boasts, it's usually to others. So that's another form of pride. It's not necessarily... It, so there's different ways that it manifests itself. So, so boasting about yourself, boasting about who you are and what you have, you know, is, is a considered pride, right? So you can see uh, in First John 2, 16, James 4, 16, haughtiness or arrogance measures self as above of others, okay? And you can see that in Mark 23, Luke 115, uh, Luke 151, Romans 130, This word refers primarily to the attitude of one's heart. First, um, first use, well, in in certain scriptures, it says like to, to, I'm not going to read that part, but pride may appear in many forms. Some of um, more common are pride of race, spiritual pride, and pride of riches. Jesus denounced pride of race in Luke 3, 8. The parable of the Pharisee and the, and the publican was directed to those guilty of spiritual pride, the ones who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and looked down on everyone else. Um, and then in, in James 1.10, he warns the rich against the temptation to be lifting up with pride because of their wealth. So if you go to James um, 6 through 8, I'm going to read that real quick to you, and then we'll move on to the next one. Actually, um, here, James, I love James. James will smack you around real quick. It's a real good, good like medicine. Just take it in. (laughs) It'll get to the places it needs to go to. (laughs) Amen. Um, So actually, James is actually calling a prideful person adulterer. 
an adulterer. And it says, you adulterers, don't you realize that that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be friends, want to be friend with, of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scripture has no meaning? They say that God is passionate that, that the spirit he has placed within you should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scripture said, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. For, the, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And so I just wanted to kind of hang around there with the pride part because here's the thing. It's so easy to find it in others. It's so easy to find it in a culture, in a, in a, in a, um, a, a system, or even in a... Um, yeah, in a, in a political view or whatever. There's many ways that you can see pride and you can see essence of it. But I would say this. I would say look at yourself and ask the Holy Spirit with his eyes to look at you. And ask him where there's pride and ask him where there is haughtiness and where there is a sense of boastfulness. Where that is displeasing to him. And that will keep him from having a voice in your life. Because if that's the voice that's, that is above and that you're listening to, there's no room for him to speak. And so that's the thing. You want to make room for God to have influence and speak into your life. And so when you think that your voice, that's why he even says in James, be slow to speak and slow to anger. Because the first thing a prideful person will do is they got to they gotta let you know what they think. And if they go let you know what they think, they're going to make a little comment. You know what I mean? Because they, they need to, they have to feel like they're, they're, they're what they say and what they feel is, is, is it. And, I, and I'll say this. You know, authority, there's the only kind of authority that there is is delegated authority. Let me explain myself. Do y'all understand when I say that? The only a, a kind of authority there is is delegated authority. That means God has all authority. Do y'all realize that overall God is the authority, period. There's no if, ands, or but about it. He is the overall branch authority. So God gives authority to man to do certain things. Oh, hey, come on, produce, multiply. He gave man authority in the earth to do certain things, right? So that authority was not of your own. It was delegated to you. Do you understand that? You were born with delegated authority, not authority of your own, but it was given to you. Do you understand that? You have no authority within yourself when you understand you have delegated authority. It was given. So anytime you walk around like you got it, that's pride. It was given to you. You weren't born. Yes, you were born with it, but it was given. There's nothing within you. No color of race gives you any right to treat someone else another way. Do you understand? No, no, no. There's so many things that pride comes in and tries to separate and put down when that's not even the authority. What you have and the power you have was given to you, and it can be taken away. So when you have, uh, when you understand there's a delegatedness in God, God structures things, then you have to come underneath the structure or it don't work. That's when you start entering into rebellion. 
That's when you start entering into your own way, in your own system. It says if you don't come through Jesus, you're coming through a different way. Do you understand? God has now created the doorway through Jesus. So if you come any other way than Jesus, you are, you are a thief. You are out of order. You are out of alignment because that is the order. That is the authority. That is the way that he created it to be. So just because you come up with an idea that you think is amazing, it don't matter. It does not matter how you feel. Do you understand that? Now, now that, that should be the first position. Now when you become an intimate, you begin to create a relationship with God, and, you under, and he understands that first you understand I am who I say I am. Then you might just have a little bit of conversation, and God may be lenient. You, you know what I'm saying? That's why Moses was like, he was a friend. Noah, I mean, Abraham was a friend of God that he could say, well, God, can you just let me? Would you consider? If there's only 50 people, would you destroy it? He knew he had every right to destroy it, but now because of his friendship with God, he was able to have a conversation to say, Lord, would you consider? Even if there's, what, 20 well, oh, wait, 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 Lord, Lord, just, can I just ask one? Oh, if there's just 10, would you consider? But first, his first position, I understand you can do that because you can. Does that make sense? That's the position of the heart. We're not, well, I don't, I just don't think you need to do that, God. There's no conversation between you and God at that point. Do you understand? There's no conversation because you have decided your own way. In your own thoughts, in your own opinion. And that right there, that is the root that needs to be uprooted. Do you get what I'm, I'm, what I'm saying? That is the root. That is the root. That what I think and what I feel is the way that it should be. No, it's not. You got to die. <laughs> oh, Jesus, stick it. <laughs> Oh, you think you're dead, and then you get back up again, like, Lord, kill me again. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's where it comes, because there's a fight between the flesh and the spirit. And you got to make, that's why fasting is important. It helps you to bring subjection to that place in your life. So uh, one of the ways, how can, like, well, if it's hard for me to see pride in my own self, well, then you need to create a culture around yourself that someone can tell you when you're out of line. Do you got a friend? Do you got a friend? I know, thank you. Do you got a friend that can say, yo, I'm coming to check, check in. Do you have someone in your life that can come in and say, hey, yo, why are you talking with that tone? Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you know, if you already know it's hard for you to see it, then you need to create something around you that can Someone can speak into your life and say, and ask questions. Not controlling, but to ask questions. What's your heart here? What's going on? Because if your heart's that, it's not really translating. <laughs> your face looks angry. <laughs> if that's your heart, well, why are you talking like that? You know, if that's, what, if that's your heart, why are you rolling up on people like that? You understand what I'm saying? Because then there's a disconnect. Look, my heart, I didn't really mean it that way. Okay, well, let me help you. All right, you, then you say, hey, okay, if you ever see me with that face, just check me. Like, let me know because, you know, can you know some people have, like, that resting, ugly face? Like, 
But in their head, they're totally fine. You know what I mean? But it's just like a resting face on them. And so I remember Maliki tell me, if, if, like, I do this. And I know, see, see, I have accountability in my life to let me know that I'm aware of my ways. You know what I mean? So I'll be, so I'm sorry if I've ever done this to you. But I could be walking in a, you know, and I'm totally looking at you and you think I see you and you're going like this and I don't see you. And I didn't say hi, and I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when I first married, Malik, he was like, honey, did you just see that person wave? I'm like, what you talking about? They waved at me? Ashley, where are you? I was, I'm, I'm in my head somewhere, you know? It's like, well, baby, you got to pay attention to people around you. You like, they talk, they, they're looking at you, and you're not saying anything. I was like, I'm sorry. I just, I'm going to work on it. You know what I mean? And then you ask Holy Spirit, because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives you the power when you don't have the power, he gives you the power. And as I read, as I read in 2 Timothy, it says that they reject the power that makes them godly. So when you operate in pride, you're rejecting the power that can change you, that can transform you. And that's the whole point. It's not that you can do it in yourself, but that you lean into him so that he can do it through you. Does that make sense? So, but the, but the first posture of your heart is God, help me. So these are some ways that you can, um, you can kind of ask yourself. This is one part of pride. There's other ways of pride, but I want to just say, these are some questions. You can I say sorry when I'm wrong? I know we all know somebody that cannot say sorry. Can I get an amen? And so that's a huge check. If you cannot apologize to your kids, there's a problem. If you can't say I'm sorry, there's a problem. Really, there is. And so if you can't say, if you find that you're, you find that you've done something and someone's misunderstood you, if you cannot say sorry, for the sake of connection and unity, there's a problem. I know I got to go, right? You're looking at me like I'm going to go, okay. And then, uh, can I repent before the Lord? That's a huge thing. Can you, can you come before the Lord and, and repent? And, and if, if, if you look at James it's really like, can you humble yourself? And he's like, you need to, you need to cry. You need to mourn before God. Like, that's what he says. When you got pride, you need to lay on the floor for a day and sackcloth, you know, sackcloth and ashes flow over yourself. You know what I mean? You need to lay on the floor and like, just be drenched. That's what he's talking about. When you're dealing with pride, because it's such a huge heart issue that you've got to dig deep to get it out. So a simple, oh, I'm sorry. It ain't, and it's, that's not going to cut it. There's got to be like a grieving of your, of your situation to get that thing up. And then can I prefer my brother? Can I prefer you? Can I, can I, can I, and for the sake of unity, for the sake of this, and I'm not talking about abuse, you guys, there's abusive situations. I'm talking about just normal connection, Christianity, loving community. Can I prefer you over myself? Can I prefer you in this situation? That's a huge checker in your heart. Like, am I okay? You know what I mean? So these are some uh, mindful, but so first thing you need to do is find, you have to give someone access to speak to you directly. If you cannot give someone access to correct you, there is a problem. There's a problem. I'm not saying I got to do it, but someone in your life, you've got to give access. Now, and, and, and that's the thing. I have people who I've given access to correct me. Don't come roll up on me, try to correct me, and I haven't given you access. I'm just saying. That's out of order. Does that understand? Because God corrects in the context of relationship. Do you, do you get that? That's the heart of the Father. I correct in the context of relationship. 
So if even, even, that's why it says if you have an ought with your brother, go to them and talk to them. Because I need to establish a connection and an understanding. So you just come to me. I haven't said two words. So you go come and tell me what I need to do and what, how I need to do it. Okay. You might be right, but that don't mean like, yo. Who? You know what I mean? There, there's, a, there's a sense of like, so even in, your, even in your relationships as a couple, husband and wife, you should have access to each other to correct each other. That is right relationship. Does that understand? Like I should be able to break, cast some demons out of you if you're my husband. And you, you should be able to do the same to me. That's healthy. Like you see something rooting and rotting, come and open me up and get it out. Right? So that, that is a normal. That's, that's like, you ever seen those uh, uh, memes on uh, Facebook where it says, like, you know, if, you're, if it's for, for the queens in the house, but if her crown is tilt, you need a friend to come in and push it up. So that is right. That's what I'm talking about. You got someone in your life to say, yo, what's that in your teeth? Can you, uh, don't you be mad when you find some, something in your mouth and no one said anything to you? Be straight up mad. You will make me look a fool for an hour, and you didn't tell me I got some broccoli in my teeth. What kind of friend are you? You know what I'm saying? Like that right there. That's what I'm talking about. Like we, we're in this together. You know what I mean? I want to make you, oh, let me, let me, let me, you know. So that's one thing, and then I got to go because I'm getting late. So, so another, another thing is double-mindedness. A double, uh, uh, double-mindedness will, will, um, will keep you from accessing his presence. Because the Bible says this in What did I lose it? It's James. James 1. James 1 8. And then I just want to read a little dissertation on this. It's words used only by James in um, the New Living Church express the lack of purity of heart or the lack of absolute trust in God. The term means to be two-minded or two-souled. That means that you have one, one, one foot in the world and one foot in God. And the Bible says think that you will not receive anything from God if you are in that state. So that means you are of two, you're of two opinions. There's only one opinion here, guys. There's only one opinion, and that's his, is that I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to believe, and I'm going to step in, and I'm going I'm to come into him because then at that place, if I don't know what to do, the Bible says, if you ask for wisdom, I will give it. If you ask of anything, I will give it. So if it's because of your circumstances and you don't know which way to go, you ask of God and you wait until you get an answer. You don't move. Until you hear, you don't move until you are totally convinced of what he said. Does that make sense? And if you, if the moment that you're here and there, I'm telling you, his presence will lift. Will he be in you? Will he, is he with you? Yes. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm not talking about you, you, him knowing and loving you and you're his child. I'm talking about the Shekinah glory. I'm talking about his abiding abode presence that wants to surround your life and bring breakthrough wherever you go. That's what I'm talking about. And there is a measure. The more that you give over to God, the more he's going to fill. The more he's going to fill. So if you only give him an inch, he's only going to take an inch. If you give him a mile, he's going to take a mile, and he just might take some more. Once you get to that place, he's only going to woo you into himself. That's all he's going to do. He's going to woo you into himself. So there's got to be a doctrine of repentance in your life. A, 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 a doctrine. I'm talking about an understanding of that I have got to repent when my heart, when something ugly comes into your heart, you, you stop what you're doing and you get it dealt with. That's how you progress forward. 
Because pride, I'm telling you, this is, this is the, and then I'll end here. This is the attack of the enemy. This is the scheme of the enemy. This is what he'll do. He will wait until you've gotten on the top of your platform. He will wait until you're the peak of your success. And then he'll come at you. And then so that he has a greater fall for the people that are underneath you. Do you understand that? Do you know how many, how many, how much me and Malik have had to guard our marriage? Because I realize how many, how many people are looking at godly marriages because they're not there. And I've had, I've had a few come and say, Ashley, if you guys don't make it, I don't, I don't know if I can ever make it. Do you, do you understand that? So what's going to happen? The enemy will come at you at whatever ever angle he can. He'll wait till you're really up there and you're feeling really good about yourself. And because you haven't dealt with your heart, he'll deal with it. And then when you fall, 100 people are falling with you. Do you understand that? So when you see a pastor fall, don't get happy because it's exposed. Yes, we're okay that it's exposed, but just because, there's, just because it's exposed, do you realize that was a plan of the enemy? That to, to get that man or whoever that was so caught up in what he has to do that he never dealt with his heart. And because he never dealt with his heart, that's why he waited till they were on TV and then exposed them. Do you understand that? So that's why at Relentless, we, me and Malik model, we get deliverance once or twice a year. Do y'all understand that? We get our heart dealt with. Because I will not be a statistic. I will not lead people to a place and then for people to fall. Do you understand that? I've seen it too many times. And if you, if you, it starts in your home first and your children. If that's the case, you will guard your marriage with everything that's in it. If that's the case, you're going to guard your stuff with everything that's in it. You're going to keep what's good in and what's bad out. Do you understand that? Because the enemy will come like you don't even know. You turn around like, what the heck just happened? I just got slapped. And I wasn't, you know what I mean? And, and, and if you really paid attention, God was trying to deal with you a few years back. If you really go back and look, God was talking to you years ago about that place. If you really look back, and then you're wondering why you in sackcloth in the ashes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he was trying to, he was trying to, to, to he was trying to bring cushion to the fall because the, 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 the as at here falling is nothing like up here falling. Do you understand what I'm saying? He was, he was trying to bring protection for you. The Bible says God doesn't tempt man. Man's tempted by his own desires. So God doesn't tempt you. It's your own desires that tempt you. So if that's the case, I got to deal with me. Me and Holy Spirit need to do this. Okay. And from there. Woo, you, you are in the fire, pure as gold. You know, you, you've taken, you, 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 you put yourself in the fire. God, put me in the fire. Don't, don't, you don't have to take, put me in a fire so that I can be pure and beautiful. Do we make mistakes? Yes, but that's not my point. My point is your, your heart posture before the Lord. Because my, my, my heart scripture, my favorite scripture for my life is the pure in heart will see God. And I want to see God. So if we can stand to our feet, I know I'm, I'm coming in to sh- There's more to double-mindedness, but we can talk about it another time. So can we play that? I, um, actually, you know, Paul, can you play that video real quick? I just want to take a minute to, let's just take a minute to do business with the Lord.
if you felt like, man, I, that was hitting some places, let me tell you some of the, how do you, you know, the Holy Spirit sometimes is a new thing for people. Like, what do you mean is Holy Spirit? He's talking. Sometimes when you hear stuff like this, it hurts. You know what I mean? It hurts. You know, that's how you know it's hitting a place because it's, it's hurting. And there's some rumbling in your belly. There's some heat. There's some, like, you want to get up and run. That sometimes is a <laughs> indication that something is up and God is dealing with you. Does that make sense? <clears throat> God is dealing with you. And so I know the kids are here, so let's just take a minute and begin to, uh, begin to just, you don't have to look at me, just look at Jesus. And like, just ask the Lord to forgive you of any pride any place in your heart that you've given over to your own thinking, your own mindset, and begin to prostrate yourself before the Lord. <clears throat> so, Lord, we just thank you. If you can't, you can just play it if, until he, it's a different key. Uh, thank you, Lord. Sorry, y'all, it's YouTube. <laughs> y'all know how the ads are. <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, right now, let me just pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just come before you right now, Lord, with our heart postured before you, God. And we say, Lord, remove anything that's not like you, God. God, we thank you, Lord. God, we give you our pride, God. We give you our heart. We give you our thoughts. We give you our opinions, Lord. And we say, Lord, have your way in us, God. Have your way in us. Teach us your ways, oh, Lord. Cause our heart to be pure and our mouth to be holy before you, Lord. Oh, that we would not sin against you, God, but that we would step in. We would step into the deeper place. We would step in to, to, the, to the flow of your spirit, to the flow of your presence, God. Father, that you would uproot everything that's not like you, God. Father, we, we come in repentance, Lord. We come and we say, Lord, we need more. We need more of you. We, we need it. We can't do it on our own, but we need you to come in and do the surgery, Lord. And so, Lord, we thank you right now, God. We thank you, Lord. 
Come on, let's just worship him, thank him. Oh, that he provided, he had provided a sacrifice for you. He provided a way for you to receive more, to receive more of his presence, that you would receive power to make you godly, power to step into all that he has for you. So Lord, we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you feel like, man, I just, that is all that you're saying about, I'm here, it's me. So Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for Holy Spirit and fire to burn up everything that's not like you, Lord. And God, we repent, Lord. I repent in any place that I've replaced your presence with other things, Lord. Teach us, Lord. Teach us, God. Teach us, God. Teach us, God. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. We love you, God. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the, hand, the Lord a big hand. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. I just want to thank you guys for being here. We love you. Yes, Lord. If you want to know, that's um, the Binion's CD is called The Dwell, Dwell on iTunes. You can get it on YouTube. And they will be coming and singing those songs. So come excited. So you know someone who wants to like some music and likes to hear kind of like a concert, but worship, please um, take that ticket that we're going to give out next week and give it to them because they'll enjoy the presence of the Lord. So I just wanted to um, encourage you in that. So come expecting God to do what he's going to do. And I promise you that I'm telling you, every time that I felt like gut-wrenched, God just laid me out, it's been glory. The fruit of it. He prunes those he loves. He, he corrects those he loves. And he brings us into a place of fruitfulness. Amen? And so I, we love you. I love you. I'm only saying this because I love you. And I, we're going somewhere. Do you understand? We're going somewhere. We are a light. We are a city on a, on a hill. Do you understand? We are a light that's going to that's gonna shine bright. And we're going to keep all the foxes. We're going to keep all of the stuff that would come in and try to spoil the fruit out. Amen? It starts with us first. Amen? So we love you guys. Thank you so much. Hug somebody. Tell them, I forgive. Forgive me. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> if I offended you. Love me. <laughs> and um, we will see you next week. Continue to pray for us. Um, and look on our Facebook and our Instagram for what's going on. All right? Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Relentless DC podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. For more information about Relentless DC, go to www.relentlessdc.com or facebook.com forward slash Relentless DC.